Mia Uni, Uro Neno Iki, Enra Mia Chibanai, Miyu Yabo. That's the Shipibo translation for Hello Ayahuasca. I'm here tonight to continue with my process. I'm Gox, and welcome to the Miyu Yabo podcast. Taken from the intro Shipibo translation, Miyu Yabo means my process. This is a platform to capture real life ayahuasca healing journeys documenting the highs and lows, and sharing the lessons that arise at the unlikeliest of times and in the unlikeliest of places. My aim is to create a comprehensive library of experiences that will help people who are thinking of embarking on their own personal adventure, or those who are already in it and looking for new perspectives to help them along their way. If you like the following episode, I'd love it if you clicked follow And also, it'd be gratefully appreciated if you would share it with anyone you think might be interested. None of the content within this podcast is intended to encourage the use of illegal substances. Anything discussed in the episodes are for information and educational purposes only, and all opinions expressed are that of the individual. None of the content should be taken as medical advice, and should not be used as a substitute to any psychotherapist, healer, or shaman. Psychedelics should not be used by some individuals, Therefore, always consult a medical professional prior to proceeding with any experience. My guest for this episode is Luca. Now, I met Luca on my retreat at Sultara in November 2018, and he is such a special and caring individual. Now, during the retreat, I was very much in my own bubble, uh, and... I had some interactions with some people, but a lot of the time I was focused on my process and a bit stuck in that. And I did have a couple of interactions with Luca then, but it wasn't really until I came home to the UK, and Luca also lives in the UK, and in some of the following months I was in contact uh, with him. And it was at those later dates that I felt like I got to know him much better. And whilst the distance between us in the UK is quite large, I don't get to speak to him very often. But he's one of those special people that when you do speak, it's just like, you know, no matter how long it's been, it really is you just pick up where you left off. Um, A couple of interactions that I did have during the retreat, I remember, uh, you know, we talk about we talk about in the episode the times where you kind of prepare for ceremonies and you believe that you on paper are ready for it all, but when it actually comes down to it and you're facing the headlights coming at you, you realize that all of that goes out the window. And I really remember approaching the evening of our first ceremony and I was terrified all day. And there's a section at the retreat center where there's these hammocks um, it's kind of like a chill out area and I was down there I just kind of went down there for a walk on my own and, and Luca happened to be there at the time and he was like uh, oh you know how are you and I was like oh I'm fine and uh, it was just this kind of eeriness and then he just said I'm fucking scared man I remember thinking yeah <laughs> that sums it up uh, I should have thinking how, yeah, it's just the perfect comment. And then it doesn't stop you. 
from being stuck in your own process. But you did kind of realize, it makes brief to make you go, oh, you know, there's something more to just you. We're all going through this. Um, and it doesn't get any easier each time you do it. And then another time was, I said on my episode that on my third ceremony that I didn't really get an experience. I'd kind of sabotaged it for myself because I hadn't really, um, I'd kind of held myself back by struggling with committing to a certain dose and all that kind of stuff. And I remember being so angry with myself. And I remember going up to the sky deck uh, after the ceremony and everyone took it more. Everyone was talking about how great an experience they had. And I went and sat in the kind of dining area. And there was a few people there. And I, they were like, oh, how did it go? And I was like, oh, I didn't get anything. And they said, oh, neither did Luca. And he was like, I went, no. And he was like, no, nothing. Uh, and I just remember thinking, oh, man, I'm sorry. But I just felt like uh, I just gave him a bit of a fist pump. Thinking, oh, well, I kind of felt a bit better that it wasn't just me. But in going through our conversations, I think I realized that, you know, I think more, a lot more happened for him uh, than he talks about sometimes in, well, than he let on. Whilst I see now that he was saying that things didn't happen at a certain way that he wanted them to happen, but that comes down to the whole cliche that you don't get what you want, but you get what you need. So this is a very powerful story of physical healing and the relief that can come from what can be a very challenging process. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for wanting to uh, to do this. Um, you originally said that you wouldn't do uh, <laughs> something like this, but you're like, for me, you said you would. Yes, I'll do it for you. Thank you very much. I'm very, very chuffed. Uh, you wouldn't do it for Joe Rogan, but you do it for me. Yeah, no, Joe is not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've done 18 episodes now, which is awesome. Um, the one with Dennis was fantastic. Oh, you d- you listened to that one? Yeah, I know. I listened to all of it. But we won, we won uh, the one with uh, Dennis. I-, I love Dennis. You know, he's my hero. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, lo- I-, I loved getting uh, to 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 finally do it. I was trying to get him for six months uh, and we were supposed to do it supposed to do it at the end of June but I got covered uh so we had to I got it I got it like two days before we were supposed to do it and I'm just like I was initially like I'm just going to do it I'm going to do it um but then I just I just I, I, I don't have it in me to do it I've got to stop um so yeah it was great I hope I managed to get what well, the stories that he told I don't think I've heard those on other episodes, but he's probably told those before because I was hoping that I would get something he hadn't told before. No, I I really enjoyed it. Excellent. So this one's about you and and all of your experiences, and I'm really looking forward to hearing about your your latest one as well. So, (laughs) but again, I'd say thank you so much for for honouring me and coming and being a part of this. I'm really looking forward to, to hearing your, um, your, your experiences because you've got, you've got quite a few and you'll have been on a quite a long, a long journey yourself. <laughs> yeah. So Ed, where did, um, when did you find out about ayahuasca? 2012, I think. 
2012. Yeah. How did you? Um, how did it? How did it come to your remit? How did you? How did you come across it? A, a friend of mine. Uh, I mean, because before you know, for me, psychedelic were something to avoid. You know, because I was with all my dogma, say you know, crap mm. information and, and stuff. But then this friend of mine, you know, started to to mention various psychedelics. It kind of to convince me. He said, you know, there is these things called ayahuasca. You should get some information about it. And from when I started to when I went to Madrid the first time, in like past six months, you know, the time to to have a full on in the you know rabbit hole of ayahuasca. And then I decided, yeah, I wanted to do it. So I went in uh, the first time I went to Madrid mm. for, for five. Uh, ceremonies. Okay, so it was a it was a retreat. It was a retreat in Madrid. It, it, kind yeah, of. it was a, it was a retreat, but it was like in a villa, uh, just mm. on the outskirts of Madrid. And you know there was the, this young shaman, but you know in, instead of singing Icaros, he was playing uh, CDs. Mm. You know, uh, last night he played some Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That Could was weird. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, although I was speaking to Dennis, and he was talking about um, Alexander Thanos, who's his sound mm. expert. Yeah, I know him. Because yeah. I, I remember him telling me that they did a retreat in Peru in his kind of arrangements that he would do, and they didn't have a Peruvian, they didn't have a Shipibo shaman or any shamans, and it was Alexandra that did the ceremonies with all his singing bowls and all his sound instruments and he guided the ceremony apparently so yeah but but that is different because it is not like try to copy you know like the shapibo ceremony you know yeah yeah is alexander doing his ceremony so it's different I, i would go for that but one in madrid it was like Let's try to do something similar. You know, it's, I don't know. Mm. It, it wasn't great. But, and I didn't have any vision as such, but it kind of changed my life. You know, I felt that there was something there. What um, What was it? So you said that it's, it, you didn't get much from it, but something changed your life. What was, what was that? To be honest, I cannot really put the finger on. But you know, all my friends and family say, "Oh, you are a different person." I uh, guess because you know, I I clear a lot of negative energy. So this was something then that you you didn't think that you'd had an effect when you were there. Yeah, but something happened. For sure, some, something happened that you didn't notice had happened but something had changed to be honest i came back almost disappointed mm. because you know it's true you know all the the talking about you no know, expectation you know you get what you need and blah 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 but then you go to do something like this you know you expect some something yeah absolutely <laughs> and for me it was like you know drinking the ayahuasca 20 minutes half an hour late vomit one and that was the end of my evening. <laughs> and, you, and you know, we were like 30 of us 
and you know, looking around. I mean, the first night, very few had some experience. The second night, almost everyone. From the third night, everyone apart me. So I was mm. like, you know, waiting there and looking at everybody tripping balls. Mm. Um, but, but then again, uh, I came back and everybody, you know, realized that something changed in me. Mm. And you noticed it when you got back, did you? Or were you just like, I don't know what you're talking about? No, I, I felt lighter, much lighter. Mm. Uh, you, you know, it, it's, it's strange to, to like put in words, but something changed. I, I was, you know, the same person, but with a different energy. I don't know how to explain it, but. No, but that's good. I think that's really good because I know with all of this, you know, and I know I'm guilty of it over analyzing it and this whole podcast in itself is over analyzing everyone's experience <laughs> but to be able to just clearly say something changed even roman said it on his episode that there was one thing that he got from somebody that he was saying i was trying to something changed but i couldn't understand what it was and then he just said does it matter or someone said mm. to him does it matter that if ultimately something got better then at times it doesn't matter it's great if there is something that happened that's tangible that could necessarily be shared but it doesn't have to be that and it's like letting go of there having to be an explanation especially a lot of the time we want it to be associated with something that we did or something that was tangible that we can understand um yeah it is to be honest, for me, almost everything about Awaska, you know, I cannot explain it. I cannot verbalize it. But, you know, I'm, let's say I'm trusting the process because yeah. it is, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not clever enough, you know, to understand what's happening. I don't know. No, but, you know, uh, because a lot of time you hear people, you know, that they, they take ayahuasca and they had this clear message of this clear result. For me, it's not like this. Yeah. And I mean, Dennis said it as well in the last episode. It's like, you can't have my experience and I can't have your experience. Yeah, like yeah. Nobody can have anybody else's experience. And something is unique. I would say, you know, it's unique to you. Uh, and there is no there is no, oh, this is something that it's supposed to be. Uh, that's what's so great about listening to everybody else's stories on this, is that you just go, wow, you can just, in a way you experience somebody else's story and process. And I get, I definitely get really drawn into their experiences and it kind of stirs you up a little bit and stuff. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's no, for sure, for sure, you learn a lot also from models. Mm. I mean, this is why I think uh, you do a very important job with this uh, podcast. Thank you. Uh, I'm I'm just chuffed that so many people have wanted to be involved with it so far and all be a part of this. Mm. Uh, so, so when did you say that that was was that 2012 
Or did yep. you start? Le- so, okay, so, so you were learning about it within a few months. It was. You know, I heard about around March and then around September, I went to Madrid. Mm. And then from an ayahuasca point of view, was that it until we met on yeah, our yeah, retreat? So, yes, yes. During that yeah. time, I uh, experimented with other uh, psychedelics. Ah. So, so, so that was your first experience? I, I tried. I tried mushroom once or twice before with mm. no effect. Yeah. So that should have been my first proper, you know, psychedelic experience. In fact, when I came back, uh, I thought that was in the 4% that, you know, DMT doesn't work and mm. all this, all this story that, that, that we create in our mind. But then after that, you know, I, like I remember trying Janga, and you know what is Janga, right? No, no, I don't. Uh, Janga is this like five herbs with the DMT on top. Is a lighter way to smoke DMT almost. Mm. So I started with that, and then you know I tried the DMT, and then I did the mushroom, and then uh, all the rest. Mm. Till the point that I decided that. Uh, I want to give another try to Amahuasca. So, so ha- we, we met in, uh, in yeah. Costa Rica. So, so how did the Costa Rica retreat materialize for you? How did you, how did that direct, how did you end up directing onto that path? Because our, um, at one point, you know, I started to thinking about and then one evening I was by myself in, like, like eating, watching Joe Rogan interviewing Dennis McKenna. Hmm. And, and Dennis mentioned that, you know, he was going to, to Soltara to, to have this thing. I said, oh, this is the time. Hmm. So uh, I paused the, the podcast. I went on Soltara website and I booked the, uh, the November retreat. I think, because it was around that kind of time, it must have been around the sort of time I was, I was binging the Dennis McKenna episodes. Um, and then in doing so, I ended up following him on Twitter, I think, or something else. And it was somewhere like Twitter that he put a post up saying, there's this new retreat center that's just opening up. Uh, and it was Sultara. Uh, and I remember at that point for me, I was like, oh, I can't get across. The, I can't be going across the world to do this. <laughs> but it's funny how all of a sudden, within probably a few weeks, you start justifying that, oh, maybe I can dr- go across the world. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so you, uh, so you, you stumbled across it probably about the same time as I did. And then you were like all in on it and say, yeah, yes, got to go yes. for that. Um... Very happy for that decision. I mean, it was one of my best decisions ever. Hmm. So we met on. So how did how did those ceremonies and that retreat play out for you? Like almost all the 
my, my uh, ayahuasca ceremony. Very, very little vision, so no lesson as such, but very physical. Mm. And uh, the, the, the things that I, it blew my mind, um, do you remember we went there, we had the first like in introductory dose, the first night. And then the, and the for that first sorry to interrupt, but for that first night, did you feel because I felt nothing, and the people and everyone else I was speaking to said they felt nothing, nothing, and, and you just felt nothing as well, yeah, because it was the same for everybody that night. Yeah, yeah, complete. But I remember the day after we we did the one to one with the maestros. Yeah, and I remember going there, and you know they they ask you, so why are you here? No, I'm here, you know, to find a a path in my life, blah blah blah. But the, the maestro straight away said, you know, before you're doing all this, you got two um, blocks of energy. And he pointed where I broke my spine and my pelvis a few wow. years before. And they didn't know I had uh, an accident. I broke the, yeah. you know, my, my pelvis. But somehow we saw it. I said, wow, how did he do that? In fact, then the second, third, and fourth ceremony for me was this back pain that, like, I was crying. Yeah, I mean, to me, crying. Do you remember? And then next to me, there, there was the. Do you remember the? You know, the big guy from. Mm. And he was all like happy and stuff. I was looking at him and me crying. I said, Why is this? Why is this? But then you know, every time you finish you feel that you accomplished something. And then it was strange because every time the maestro closed the ceremony, the back pain was gone. Mm. Then the ceremony after, you know, even more. But then it was finished and it was gone. And I have to say since then, you know, I didn't have any because I always had like um, kind of pain, you know, when the weather changed. Yeah. But since then, you know, um, I'm completely under percent with my back, so I guess so, over there I cure my back. So your ceremonies were very much a case of having back pain. Was it all really around back pain? All those yes. things, and it was all yes. just a body experience. There was no like. Did no, you feel no vision whatsoever? No, you know, feeling, let's say, drunk. You know, nothing at all. Just this acute pain. Yeah. So basically feeling in your mind like you were completely sober. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and pissed off. And then you were just pissed off all night <laughs> listening to everyone, uh, listening to everything going on and being in real pain. Oh, man. Because um, I, I have a memory of the last night now i know that i was on my last night i i still had a bit of a mild ceremony and i was a bit you know almost a bit just like tipsy from it mm. um and then i had i had my second ikaro sung to me by the time the second shaman came round and then when they were done I was just a case of like, I'm done now with the retreat. I'm knackered. I'm just going to sleep. I've had my two Icaros. I've had a bit of a ceremony. 
I'm just going to go to sleep now. So I lay down and I just went to sleep and I, and I was in a good mood. And then I thought I'd heard that it had kind of all kicked off. I thought I'd heard that it kicked off with you and you had to leave the Malacca that night. Is that something that you recall? Yeah, because it was um, the last night. It was uh, very overwhelming. And it was like in that week, it was the only time uh, I had some kind of vision. But they were more like just DMT shapes. But the feeling was overwhelming. I remember I couldn't breathe in the inside there. Mm. You know, I couldn't move. I couldn't do much. So I called, uh, I called Carolina. Remember her? Yep. And, and I asked, I said, please, I need to breathe. I need to go outside. So she said, first wait for the the maestro to sing the Icaros, but I was like suffering. And then as soon as he finished, she came to me and we went outside. And she yeah. blew like, you know, the, this uh, aqua florida on my head. And mm. It helped a lot, coming down mm. a lot. So going outside was uh, was what you needed. It was just too suffocating in there. I, I think it was too suffocating because... I beaded up this uh, disappointment dur during the first three ceremonies that nothing happened. That then when on the fourth ceremony, you know, following the advice of Nathan, he said, go, go for a double shot. Okay. So I went for a double shot and it worked. But I wasn't expecting because I was sure that nothing would happen. Mm. So, you know, when he started this in the dark, you start to see all this color. I mean, so I kind of resisted, so everything turned dark, mm. and that, that was my mistake, for sure. And when it started turning dark, then was that, so that was it for you for the rest of the night in a not great place, because you were resisting it? I resisted. Then I have to like, the last hour outside, when it came down, I had this kind of feeling of peace mm. but still I was shaking for you know, the rest of the, the evening mm. but it was interesting I didn't enjoy a bit but it was interesting that's, that's funny because you were like <laughs> you, sp you spent the week being really pissed off that nothing was happening and then when it happened you were just like man didn't like that <laughs> yeah no I'm uh... My, my mind is he's working in a mysterious way. You, you know, like theoretically, you know exactly what to do. And you repeat on yourself, okay, when he started, you come down. If there is a door, you walk through, you know, all these things, right? When what, sorry? What did you say? Like when you're preparing for the ceremony. Oh, right, yeah. Ra rationally. Yes. You know exactly what to do how to behave in any circumstances. So if it starts to be, you know, a bit dark, you breathe, you relax, you know, all those things, you know it. Mm -hmm. But then the experience started and you forget <laughs> everything. Yeah. And you do all the opposite that you should. So at least this is me. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, uh, although I actually think for me, I spend all the time running up to the ceremony terrified of what's going to happen 
But then once it actually switches on, I'm more comfortable with it once it's switched on. Probably because I feared so much of the worst that maybe it can never be as bad as what I build it up to be. Although I'm sure that's not the case <laughs> when it comes to if, if, I, if the ayahuasca train wants to come and run you over, then you're like, you, are, you ain't getting out of it. Yeah, it's a very humbling experience. Yeah. Yes. So, do you have any, again, do you have any sense of what really happened for you in that ceremony that could have caused a change? Or was it again like the Madrid thing where you're like, can't put, you can't really rationalize anything, just something felt lighter the next day? I have to say, especially. Um, the week again I felt lighter and more positive and you know um, I was at that point disappointed with myself because you know I screwed up my opportunity to have an experience on the <laughs> last night I know that feeling <laughs> yeah I know that feeling <laughs> but you know overall I was super positive super happy and i felt good in fact uh as soon as i finished that week i said from now on i'm gonna do at least, at least once a year in fact mm -hmm. i went back the year after again with dennis and then i stopped for a bit because of the uh, the the corona situation mm -hmm. and then i went back uh, this year in may with uh, with roman yeah Let's not jump ahead too much. Cause, uh, okay, okay. Uh, it's, it's like, yeah, so I did that, and I did that, and then now that's the end That's the end of the podcast. It's like, no, 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 no. No, no, we've got plenty of things to, uh, no, no, plenty no. Of things to dissect. So, um, but, okay. So I came to, because I came to, oh, no, when I came to see you the following summer, you'd already been to Dennis's second retreat. Because when I came and stayed with you, when I went for... Yeah, for the concert, for my Metallica yeah. concert, yeah. Yeah. And I remember you telling me then that how much... I think it was you were saying how much our retreat changed your life. Yeah. Um, as opposed to it being the next Dennis McKenna one, which changed your life. But or, or it's, it's, I think you were more trying to say about how much... How much our retreat changed your life you were a completely different person the, when you came home the, the the thing is was it was much more uh energizer yeah. and the thing on, on the second one we we were lucky enough to find this this beautiful group with uh, we are still uh, in contact but as a energy that you feel after the retreat i think the first week in Sortar i was the best of, of all of them because I, compared to Madrid, I felt the, the difference. Mm. So yeah. I, I, I was much lighter, much more positive and, you know, calm and tranquil. And... Was there a glow period of that when you got home from our one or was it just a continual, just kept going? It, it kind of kept going. And, you know, it continued uh, for a bit afterwards. 
I have to say continue the till the old Corona started. That was great. Mm. Was living my time, but then the Corona, as much as I'm, I'm pretending that it didn't affect me, you know, is it really dent? Yeah, my, my my structure. Yeah, definitely. Um, how? So, when did you come to decide that you wanted to go on the next Dennis retreat? And as I told you, you know, as soon as I did the, uh, the first week uh, yeah. with you, yeah. I decided that I wanted to do once a year. Yes, but so how did? Because it was, I guess, it, it was fairly soon afterward. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe it was. It was like six months or something. Yeah, it was in April. So we went in November, yeah. and then I went back in just, April. Yeah, it was just the. I guess it was just the opportunity then. Yeah, came up to go with Dennis. That it was like, okay, yeah. that's the one to go on. Yeah. So how, how apart from, uh, so I know that you you guys had that a different community vibe going on with that mm-hmm. retreat. How did this? How did the ceremonies and your own personal path go in that second retreat? Uh, again, it was very little visual. But apart from the first ceremony, where I was scared, like, you know, I jump into the, uh, the opportunity to go back after six months, but it's a very short period. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you lie to yourself to say, oh, I'm ready, I'm ready, <laughs> but you're not. No, you're never ready as soon as you get there. So I remember the, the first evening, knowingly that, you know, I, because uh, when I went back, I went back with again with Roman and Nathan, and we decided to to have the full cup from the first evening. Mm. And you know, I said yes, but I was so scared that you got no idea. I said, oh, "Why am I gonna do this? Now I'm gonna suffer again." You know, all the mm. story that your brain shouting at you while you're walking down the the Malova. But that evening. It's been one of the most beautiful evenings on Ayahuasca ever because it was uh, very, in terms of feelings and emotion, I, I felt like I was in the womb of my mom. Mm. Uh, my mattress was between two uh, girls. So I think, you know, the somehow the female energy, you know, Help at the situation, but I had one of the best evenings of my life. I was like happy and felt safe and secure. It was marvelous. Mm-hmm. So of course, after that, you you know your brain jumped from the extreme negative to the extreme positive. Okay, now is your time. You're gonna have the best experience of your life. And blah 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 blah. So I had the other three ceremonies. Like in, again in pain with my stomach and vomiting and very uncomfortable. But still, every time I was finished, I felt that I did something good energetically on me. So it was a, a very strange feeling afterwards. Did you feel at the time that it was that you were like, this is the process of something working? Or were you more focused on just like, oh man, this sucks, this pain, 
Pes. No, especially from the from the second week in Zoltara and even more last time in Peru. I really feel that I'm doing some something. Mm. So I'm suffering, but you know, it's it's kind of okay because you know you're achieving something. Yeah. Again, it, it, it wasn't nice. I wouldn't do, you know, I, I, I wouldn't dream to go again in the same spaces. But, you know, mm. it helped. Yeah. But I guess, so you're more in, in those spaces, you're more in a state of discomfort than some kind of overwhelming, like almost, you know, terror or anything like that. No, apart the the the, the last one uh, in uh, the, the the first week on Friday when they carried mm. me out, the rest of the visual, even if they're very little and usually very short. They've never been like scary, mm. but but it's a lot of like I'm cleaning some kind of negative energy inside me, mm. and more I'm doing it, more I'm I'm going deep in the cleaning. Yeah. I mean, and, and what I'm saying is all about based on my feeling, right? When when you do those experiences, so it yeah. may be just that I'm vomiting out the, the ayahuasca. I don't know. But it doesn't look like. Did you did you vomit purge much? Oh yeah. It looked like more I'm, I'm going in, more I'm, I'm vomit more. Sorry, say that again, please. So more uh, if I compare the three weeks, like the two Soltar oh. and the one in Peru, uh -huh. more I'm going forward. More I notice that vomit much more each ceremony. Okay. And see, funnily, funnily enough, when I look back on mine, the thing that I'm most disappointed on is that I didn't have the full vomit purge experience. Like you. Because I, no, but I would, I think I would be fine with it. I know. We, I know. We. I know what you just said earlier was like. You go. Oh, yeah. I know that. Prior to the ceremony, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do <laughs> that. And, but, I don't know. I just kind of feel like. I feel that's that's so much. I feel it's so integral to the experience that by not having that, I know you can. I know. I guess you don't have to purge that way. Everyone purges in different ways, but that's kind of like. Yeah, it just feels like something. Uh, like, how did you feel about going and doing the vomitivo? Did you did you think, oh god, we got to do this? This is going to be rubbish. No, the, the the first week with you, I was almost disgusted by it. Mm. You know, I, I couldn't understand why we should have vomit even before. For me, it was something. But then the second week, I was looking towards. Yeah. I mean, so I understood, you know, the, the point of it. So yeah. because, uh, uh, you know, that my vomiting was growing by the the day. 
No, in my head, say, okay, better if I clean everything <laughs> properly. Because I was walking down to, I was walking down to that, and I was walking down with Nathan, and he turned, said to me, says, do you want some advice? Because he'd obviously been in June that year. And I was like, initially I was just like, I don't want, we're not supposed to give each other advice. And and he, and he just said, he just said, if you have the opportunity, go first, because then you don't need to just sit there and wait yeah, and yeah. have it built. That, that was a good one. That was a good one. And then, and you and did like, you? well, I tried to go first. I was like, okay. And then I actually went to go, I was trying to say, to volunteer to go first, but they chose four different people. But I made sure that I went next. Okay. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was so much, <laughs> I thought it was so much fun. Uh, I, I, what I loved about it so much was that everybody was cheering and egg, egging everybody on. And I remember when I was like, when I was doing my projectiling, and everyone was like cheering behind me, and it was just—it really was egging you on. And you know, they said, you, know, you, "You were supposed to drink so that you just vomited." But then once they said, "Okay, that's enough. Now you don't need to drink anymore," mm-hmm. and then they were saying, "At that point, you could then stick your fingers in your throat mm-hmm. to make to force yeah. the rest of it." And I remember being so surprised at how much kept coming, and because there was. <laughs> It was the game that was like, see how far you could actually projectile. Um, I remember when I was, I gave them the bucket back. And then when I was sticking my fingers down my throat, I'm pretty sure I did like three or four massive ones. Uh, And I was just, and then throughout the rest of the retreat, I always found that when I thought about the Vomitivo, it kind of cheered me up and made me kind of almost chuckle to myself. And I would go to my spot at the um, at the at the fence, and sometimes it would cheer me up. So, yeah, I kind of I, I'm interested. I would be interested to experience the full vomit purge in the ayahuasca space uh, when no. it when it really means something. Um, it's not just oh, I'm being. I'm being sick. It's like when you really sense that this is something going or processing, but obviously this is from a headspace. But, but you day. see, I, I think that we always wish to have what we didn't experience. I mean, I went now in Peru with my cousin. He was lying next to me. He didn't vomit once, and every night he had a beautiful experience. At the end, <laughs> he was complaining, oh, I wanted to vomit. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I wanted to have the beautiful experience. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's it's strange. But then, th- then there's me saying this. Oh, I really want to vomit. So if ever I go back, the ayahuasca is going to go. Okie dokie. <laughs> you said you wanted this. Uh, <gasps> stop! It's coming out. Coming out your ears. I don't know Everything. what I will do, you know, not to vomit any moment. Because especially mm. in the the one now in Peru, I mean, it really was difficult. Mm. Like tough. Yeah. So we... So your 
second retreat then in uh the second Dennis one mm-hmm. um so I've, I've forgotten what we'd now actually i've forgotten what we said had actually happened during those ones you said you went back into that kind of it was very yeah it was very uh physical very you know he, he approached a lot and my stomach was all oh, over yeah, the place yeah. i had one evening with the basically instead of uh, going out uh, upstairs he started to go from the yeah. back <laughs> and basically i think it was the third ceremony I spent all, all the time of the ceremony in the toilet. And every time I was trying to leave the toilet, you know, the hell was starting. At one point, you know, I, I remember, okay, this is not possible. I mean, so I, you cannot be shitting for, for three and a half hours nonstop, you know. It's, you, you, you start to wonder. Was this another experience where you felt, again, effectively sober? Um, we... That was, I felt the the effect, it was also kind of visual. I had a few, uh, let's say, episodes of visual, mm-hmm. but mostly was, you know, concentrating <laughs> not to miss the toilet. Yeah, because it's just, if you, I remember the couple of times that I would go to the toilet, and then you're in there. And then you're just kind of like going, okay, I'm okay. I feel pretty normal. Just going, yeah. doing my business. And you think, if all shit kicks off, well, not, I don't mean literally, but <laughs> if, 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 if ayahuasca shows her face in its full force whilst you're in the toilet and you lose the plot about where you are and you're no longer in the Malacca, you're a bit like, oh dear, <laughs> I don't think I really want that to happen. Um, but the, the the good thing is that like every ten twenty minutes, one of the facilitator was coming to knock at the door. Yeah, and you know I say no, okay, I cannot leave. Then at one point I say no, listen, you have to come because the maestro need to sing the yeah. the Icaros. Bring, bring them to and, the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't go at the end because uh, halfway through, you know, when there was that kind of bridge between the malog and the toilet. You know, my stomach is started the, the Second World War. You know, <laughs> yeah. I cannot. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm going to jump, I didn't have the Icaros. Okay. Oh, dear. But, uh, yeah, they should have come to you. Sung from, sung from through the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you, again, did you feel then after that, that there was, uh, again, another cleansing yeah a big one yes and now i I, because it's difficult now to remember exactly which ceremony i think was this one but i mean see um i had this few uh, visual and where I learned basically, I always thought in my life that I was the best person in the world, you know, the kindest and the one most mm. loving and blah, 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 blah. And then I had this, like, I don't know, maybe five minutes of uh, feeling like 
ve, uh, some very very nasty arguments that I had with people where mm. I've been kind of rude and you know out of place, but I felt their feeling. So basically, I was in their eye, looking at me, shouting those things, and feeling, you know, and it was terrible. Mm. It was, it wasn't nice at all. Well, that's exactly the whole theory of, yeah, it's showing you, showing you experiencing something, especially it's these, I've heard about these situations where you feel someone else's experience. Yeah, and, and I can tell you is it's one of the toughest things to feeling because you know that you are the one, you know, inflicting the, this feeling. So it's shockingly hard. Do you think on reflection that that was a situation where it was kind of both sides giving as good as each other? Was it an argument or do you see it as you inflicting something on somebody unnecessarily? Well, I'll see it as a proof that I'm not this angel right. that I thought I was. For and me, think, that was the the lesson. Do you think? Sorry, did you say that that you were experiencing a real conversation that you had had with somebody? Or yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were a couple with my mom, one with my sister, one with a friend of mine, and I just like relieved few seconds where I was very nasty with them. I said, you know, very, very nasty things to them that they didn't deserve it. And I felt what I think that was their feeling while I was shouting those things at them. Mm -hmm. And trust me, it wasn't nice. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, well, yeah, you can. I can imagine some of the times that you think of, sometimes I think of, well, when you have the inkling that, you know, most of the I'm bumbling here, but yeah, a lot of the time we just say, we say things from our own hurt place. Yeah. And then only occasionally, you know, you're so focused on your own hurt space and that person is all in the wrong. But sometimes you have an inkling, you just go, oh my God, maybe there's something more to this. And then you just have an inkling of like, oh my God, they are feeling something else. It obviously, it's nothing the same as actually experiencing something, but it's more just stepping outside of your own space and realizing that, oh, actually, there's another side to it that you don't. Well, 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 well I think that no one is perfect. And, mm. you know, as much as we can try to be nice and kind, no one can ever be perfect. But important is to is the knowledge that you're not perfect. Because I, I think my mistake for a long time I thought I was perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then with a few of those experiences, I don't know, maybe no. <laughs> so that was that was your humbling moment to go. Yeah. Get off yeah. get get off get off your high horse almost and say Yeah, yeah. If you if you understand. Yeah, and because this... yeah, you don't deserve the horse, so <laughs> walk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here's a here's here's a tricycle. <laughs> um, so this was again. Did you say that this experience was your second Dennis? 
which week? Yeah, I don't remember exactly which uh, ceremony, but was no, no, one, no. one of the second week. No, that's fine. I'm just wondering whether it's can, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of go a bit linear in this, where we say, okay, this is what happened in your first kind of retreat, and this was what how you kind of wrap it all up, and this can be explained in a way, and then you go on to your next retreat, and this is the kind of wrapping up of what happened here and the kind of changes before you move on to like the next kind of couple of years stretch yeah but no, i don't think it works like that no i, it, I, I think it is a a process yeah that you know it's very difficult to put in uh, into a scheme to try to realize what is happening no no but all i mean by linear is that we're saying this stuff happened at this point on our first retreat and the process is then going through the next stage of your next stage of your process was going on the second week and that's your part of that process and then you come home and then you start the next part so so when you came home from that um did you again feel like lighter yeah it was uh, it's been a beautiful 2019, all of it. In fact, uh, I think it was in November that year that I went in uh, Rochester in Minnesota yeah. and for a convention to meet again with Dennis and a few of the people I met in Costa Rica. I met also Jotafur. It was a fantastic experience, fantastic. I felt good. You know, when, when you feel that everything looked like it's going perfectly and life is finally good and you know, it was beautiful. Yeah. Because I remember, well, because I went down, I went to London for the Brian Rose premiere of his film because Dennis was going. Yeah, yeah. So I went to that in December and I remember, this was prior to us knowing what was going to happen and then at the end of the film, Dennis goes on stage with Brian and they have a chat and then they have questions and answers. And um, Dennis was giving his thoughts on the whole, you know, we're now in the next, you know, this next 10 years and stuff is what's most important about climate change and what we need to wake up now. If we don't do it now in 10 years, it's going to be too late and everything. And I always just remember this kind of feeling of, we're just thinking about the point that he's trying to make and then everything that's kind of kicked off in the two years that followed that <laughs> yeah. is, is, is quite like, it's, it's, it's almost like that was the starting point of all the shit hitting the fan. It was almost like the world drank ayahuasca in that <laughs> December and then, and then it all just, it's all just kind of exploded. Um, yeah, what a strange time. What a strange time. But if I can tell you a little uh, anecdote, uh, yes. anecdote about the Brian Rose uh, film. When yeah. he finished, I was uh, lucky enough to drive uh, Dennis from Brian Rose's house to the airport. Oh, one, yes. one of my best days ever in London. 
I mean, mm. in my commercial run with Dennis, I mean, I had the time of my life. Yeah. What was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I went, see, I went all the way down to London because I was hoping that I was going to be able to catch up with them. But obviously I'm like, well, I got like two minutes with them because obviously it was a, it was a big, it was a big ish deal. There's lots of people there. Yeah. And obviously everybody wanted to get time with them, but um, I managed to get a chat with them a little bit at the end. Um, no, no, he, he's a gem. He's a, yeah. The best. He's the best you know, of the best. I mean, so I love him. I'll, I'll tell you something. That, I mean, so while I was searching on Ayahuasca before going in uh, Madrid, you know, I came across Terence McKenna, so uh, basically, in six months, I heard everything that I was to hear on uh, on internet, and then I came across him. You know, I liked him a lot. So the first time we went down in uh, uh, in Costa Rica, remember we, we he came when we were on the boat yes. traversing the. So he came up, and you know, he started to say hi to everyone. <laughs> And then I went next to him and said, hi, Dennis, I'm Luca, I'm part of the Soltara group. Can I give you a hug? And he went, show! <laughs> and he hugged me. I mean, I was so happy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I remember that moment when we were all kind of milling around on the boat and he comes walking up the steps and we're like, oh, here he is. Here's the man. Um, and at I thought it was funny as well. So he was chatting to one of the group and then I went over and I was just saying hi. But it, there was so much noise from the boat and the yeah, chatting yeah. and everything. And you're trying and to... And remember there was the music. Yeah, yeah. The loud music, yeah. Yeah. And then he uh, uh, he was just like, have we been... Have we... Have we been communicating over emails? Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, no, 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 no not yet. I haven't met you. He's like, oh, yeah. And he just... Because he's, uh, I mean, and I said it on the first bit of our episode, that it's just like, you know, I can't believe that you respond to me when you have so many emails. Like, I wouldn't like to see his inbox. It would be, wow, yeah. it'd be crazy. But he can pick out, he can pick out the people that he's made a connection with on these retreats. And he says, you know, your emails get answered because, because we were together. Listen, without going too much into details, twice I needed his advice, and twice I texted him with, on uh, WhatsApp, and twice he answered the same day. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. Yeah, is, he is. I mean, I mean Dennis for president. <laughs> yeah, he is just, uh, yeah, he cares. A lot, and you, a lot. And you just know he cares. Um, so how did, I guess, you know, you, you wanted to go every year, but you couldn't, um, and did you, I mean, did you find that because you couldn't and you wanted to do that for your process, was that, did that make the whole time, the next kind of couple of years much harder because you you wanted to be able to do this or where you could be called to go, but you just couldn't go? Well, I, I have to say I I turned towards other psychedelic. You know, I mm-hmm. experimented a lot with DMT and with, with ketamine and 
so on. But uh, I feel that, you know, th those other psychedelics, yes, you, you have this magical experience and everything, but they don't work on you like ayahuasca does. Mm. In fact, for the last time we went, uh, we were lucky enough that Cordy, that you had on uh, one of your mm -hmm. episodes, organized this retreat in Peru. And compared to Soltara, it's like going to the pop-up basic. Mm. So not only no air conditioning in the room, but no electricity, you know, no mm. window. <laughs> there were no window. Mm. But one toilet in the middle of the, the village, and, but was fantastic. It was really, uh, I think we were lucky enough to go as, as close as we could to the original way to, to do ceremony. It was mm. fantastic. Yeah. And it was a much smaller group as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we were basically six or eight counting uh, Cordy and David. How did you, how did you f notice or feel the difference from being in a ceremony of like 20 people to being in a ceremony of eight? Uh, I, I think it, it's much more intimate. But it was com completely different because all the situation was different. So also the fact that you are in the middle of the jungle, but really in the middle of the jungle, mm -hmm. like, 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 you know, uh, like poor Roman is being eaten alive by mosquito. You know, you have to deal with all those mm -hmm. different animals and stuff. I mean, it was. I don't know, completely different, but unique. The yeah. fact that, you know, that there were no electricity. So after the second day, the mobile was dead. You cannot use the mobile. Mm. The, the food was very basic. We were living basically with the family of the maestros and the maestro, I mean, maestra Silvia, maestro Noi, they are two special guides. I mean, they were fantastic. And even the fact that compared to Soltara, we spent it all day with Maestro. So there was much more, you know, dialogue. So you could ask more questions and, you know, they were listening, they, they were telling you things. I mean, it was fantastic. Mm. And then adding to all of that, the fact that we were only like six, eight of us, it was much more, I don't know, say intimate. I mean, it was, I don't know how to really describe, but more manageable, maybe. I yeah. don't know how to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, so how did the, um, how did those ceremonies, what was it? Was it for ayahuasca? Five. It was five. And was there anything else or was it just that? No, no, just ayahuasca. Yeah. I guess because the previous ones was always four. Yeah. Um, did you notice a difference having the additional one? Was that, a, or does it not really make any difference? Just, oh, that's just another one. Uh, well, well, yes, it's like, because again, there, there were 
uh, apart again the first one uh, the rest they were very very physical it, it was also much more visual I mean I felt the DMT much more there than in my previous three experience but still it was very physical and like I had the third and fourth ceremony, really, I thought I was dying. It was scary. It was scary. What do you, what do you mean then from that? What was it that made you thought you were dying? Because from the second ceremony, because the first ceremony, it was very mild visual and very beautiful feeling. Mm. And the ceremony didn't last long, but it was fantastic. And everybody else almost didn't say anything. So I almost Just, felt... So like sorry, the, fir the first one you're saying, you felt s stuff, but other people didn't. Didn't. And so all, I almost felt guilty. I said, ah, mm. You know, I had a good experience. And nobody, like Roman, nothing. My cousin, nothing. You know. But then second, third, and fourth, like... I started to have this very uncomfortable stomach. I was vomiting a lot and like making voice like that I never could uh, imagine possible that, you know, coming out of my mouth. I mean, it sounded mm -hmm. like the, it was somebody else shouting into my mouth. It was scary. Till the, the point that the fourth ceremony, I felt like I had a, maybe a rat or something like this in my stomach moving. Mm. I mean, it was a very scary experience. In fact, uh, at one point, the two maestro, they left the other while they were singing and then came to me and they started to do this, I don't know, maybe half an hour, 40 minute intense double Icarus while they were doing something on my stomach. And I knew I was doing something good, that they were curing me or something, but I was scared. I really, you know, it was very, very painful, very, very overwhelming. And you know, the, I, the feeling of this thing in your stomach. Yeah. The, the feeling and then the, the pain that these things was, you know, because I had really, it looked like that I had an animal inside me moving. And while it was moving, it was hurt my organs. Mm. I mean, it was very weird. And, and in fact, it, it was weird enough that basically they were doing those things on my stomach while seeing the two Icarus and try to put these things, let's, let's say, where, where we got the, how do you call it, the belly bottom? Yeah. And then when he was there, she drank something and she sprayed on it. And I saw this black cube or something going out of my belly. And then I was okay. So they were, sorry, so they were, they were touching you whilst singing. Is that right? Or not? She, yeah. 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 She, she was touching my stomach mm. in a, in a almost like, like to guide these things in the yeah. center of my belly. Yeah, I only mean from a physical, they, they were doing physical contact as opposed 
to just the vocals it, it, it was a, towards you. Yeah, it, it was a very light touch. It wasn't yeah. like that she was pressing on me. Mm-hmm. But she was uh, touching, like guiding these things toward, from the edges to the center of my belly. It was very like a, weird, man. Very weird. <laughs> and what? And sorry, what did you say happened? What did she do that you said as soon as she did that, you felt better? What did you say again? When these things reached the the center of my belly, mm. the maestra drank something. I think mm. Aqua Florida or something. I, I, I don't remember because I was... In all this, it was also kind of visual. Mm. So, I, you know, it, it was quite confusing for me. But I saw her, like, drinking these things, and then she... Uh, how do you say she sprayed with her mouth? Yeah, spat it. On, yeah, spat it on top of my belly, and I saw this like cone, or not no cone, this cylinder, black cylinder, coming out of my belly. <laughs> wow! And then yeah, and then I was okay. I mean, I was okay physically, but I was so scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you recall? the sensation or the feeling or the experience of them singing to you then in that moment and did you notice changes occurring because of oh that? for sure for sure because before they came to me because basically i realized that they came next to me because i started to feel a kind of release but mm. when because they, they they were singing this. It was very different from the other Icaros. It was much more melodic, I would say. And I felt like the good energy fighting this whatever I had inside. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you know, be, because I, I, uh, as a feeling, as a sensation, are so new, that you don't know what the fuck is happening. So it, at least for me, it was scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine. And especially if you... And let's say you were in that experience in the ceremony and you're scared and there's something happening and maybe the ceremony finishes and you don't get the release that you were... So therefore, you, you didn't experience the release so there you feel you feel that you've still got it in you. And then, the next, and then the next day you'd be like, oh, fuck, I just experienced <laughs> that. And now you're just like, imagine that was your last, and that was that your last ceremony. No, that and was then, the fourth one. Oh, oh, I know, but I'm just saying, imagine if that was your last ceremony. It no didn't come out. And then they're just like, okay, sorry we didn't manage to make it. Have a good trip home. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be like, With no, the no, new no. Pets. <laughs> yeah, I, can, can you just do that again? Can, we, yeah. can I just stay another week? And like no, 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 we've got people coming next week. Um, I mean, I, yeah, it's uh, can be terrifying. Um, these things. So, so again, it's like your f- is the theme then from most of your ceremonies really a physical thing I, with I mi- say- with mild visuals. Yes, m- more than physical, I would say energetic. Mm. That, that, like, through the physical pain, I'm purging some kind of 
negative energy Be- yeah. because the, the, the amazing things as much uh, as I have very terrible experience as soon I'm finished maybe not not, not straight away soon but like the day the morning after I feel the benefit yeah so I say okay I, I'll do it again because I remember already on the third ceremony that I vomited a lot I was doing these strange voices I say never again I remember clearly. Say, I know this is gonna finish at one point. As soon as it finishes, I mean, that's all with the relation between me and Alaska. Never again. Mm. But then, because the day after, in the morning, you feel so good, you feel that you've done something. You convince yourself, okay, I'm gonna go again. Yeah. Hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah. So how how long do you think you um? Your your vomiting episodes. Mm. How long do you think those were lasting? Were they long? Oh yeah, especially the the, the fourth night. I would say three four hours nonstop. You were just constant, like poof. Yeah, poof. and then you know you know so much so that you almost cannot breathe, and then you know all the the stomachs hurt. It was a, a tragedy. <laughs> Because it's it, and are you, are you vomiting like liquid all the time? Because what is coming up is what is is what confuses me. Is it's like how much can you? I briefly talked to Sean about this on our episode. That it's like you know where what is this that it's coming? Because you know you 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 vomit what the contents of your stomach, and then you've got nothing left. But are yeah, you still way- vomiting stuff? I don't know if you notice, know it's like when you vomit on ayahuasca, it's not like when you vomit when you're drunk, you know, with all the, it's almost, it tastes like ayahuasca. It doesn't taste like uh, stomach juice and, you know, rotten mm. food. Mm. So, it, and at least for me, most of the time, you know, it looked like black, like the, the darkest night ever. So do you so, feel it? Um, do you feel it's drawing it out of you? What, what do you mean? Do you feel like the liquid or whatever is, it's not necessarily something that's coming from your stomach as such, but it's it's like drawing out of your body. Yeah, I'm, uh, the, the, the feeling I got, as I said, is like, you know, something energetic, something... It, because a, a lot of time, I remember that, not much was coming out of my mouth mm. because, you know, I had this, the, the bucket and time to time, you know, the, I, I was emptying it. So I could see how much, but the feeling, it was like you were vomiting tons of stuff. Mm. But then what the actual material was in the bucket was very little. Mm. So this Did is you- why I think it's something energetic. Right. Okay. So it's just more a physical, ex, a physical motion or reaction, without well, uh, uh, yeah, without actually necessarily backing up with liters and liters of, like you didn't fill up ten buckets <laughs> throughout no, no, the night. No. Did but, you say but, you... but but you feel like you 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 are that is mm. strange because you feel like the mass that is coming out of your mouth 
Yeah. So that's so you've convinced me that I don't want to have a vomiting experience. Oh, definitely, man. <laughs> if you can avoid, <laughs> yeah, you you can't you can't avoid it as if like it's a it's a choice. You go, right? Here's the menu. Here's the menu. Yeah, of your I want this. Yeah, yeah I, I want this one. Okay, I'll I'll have one of those. I'll have one of those back pains, <laughs> but uh, but I'll I'll I won't bother with the vomiting today. Okay, yeah, fine. Um. So, so hang on, where, so where were we then? So you were having, you said three, four, two, three, and four was very, very physical. Very, very extremely physical. And then the fifth one, you, you know, like you kind of can decide how much you, you want it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, is the maestro that almost doesn't give a monkey about your opinion. Eh? He decided how much to give you, right? Was this was that the theme throughout that week? Did they very much just give you what they decided you were having, or did they ask you at all during that week? No, they, they, they ask you, but you know, because from day one I say, no, I want two, I want two, and they say, okay, two, and then they give me the first day, they give me one. They I want okay. two, I want two, they give me one and a half. Then I went and ask you two. You know, they gave me two and a half. I mean, it was. <laughs> but, okay, but so you know, a, again, you have to trust because they know better than you. So they're basically looking at you and going, right, here we go. You get, I'm giving you what I think you need to have. Yeah. And then the, the, the strange thing is that, at least in Peru, they had various batch of ayahuasca. They had what, sorry? Various, various bottle with different batch of ayahuasca in it. Mm. So they, they were, you know, deciding night to night which one you were taking. And I mean, so I, I felt the difference between the evening. That there were, was the, the, the strongest one when I had the fourth ceremony it was very foamy. Mm. And. So they basically had different. They had different brews then. Yeah, yeah. And then each person would get a different brew on what they decided you were going to get. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because with ours, I think no, it was, was pretty one. Much, they yeah. just had one bottle, didn't they? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Um, so how did? Sorry, did you say how? How did your fifth one then? Was that a the different experience? Yeah, the, the fifth one. I went there and I uh, asked for less than a half cup. Oh, because you, cause you were I done was, with the physical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was too scared to go back into the physical things. But the maestro looked at me and gave me the full cup. <laughs> so I said, okay. You can't but... say, just, put, <laughs> just just try and pour a bit on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. No, I did the, the full cup. I went back on the mattress. Uh, almost nothing happened. I mean, I was feeling light, but, you know, no, let's say, drunk, no visual and everything. In fact, when and then the maestro came after he sang the, his, uh, his Icaro, you know, he was always asking, so, Luca, come estas? Luca, how are you? And, and I went, no, no, I'm good. Anyway, mm. no, que bello. Yeah. 
I mean, no, it, it was nice and uh, if I have to find a, a structure on my experience, I always find that the first and last ceremony are either all good or let's say non-existent. Mm. And then <laughs> the shit up in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, what they said to us in Saltara was that night one, they open you up. They then do their do their surgery in the middle ones. And then the last one, they stir you back up again. Yeah. And sing you a arcana and send you on your way. Yeah. Um, so, so your final ceremony was kind of like, not a night off as such, but a nicer experience. Oh, I love it. I mm. love it. And uh, when I went there, I had this, you call them, you know, a mole? You know, the yeah. things that they grow. So I had the disgusting mole on my head. They was keeping growing and growing and growing. And I went here through the NHS, through my GP to go and check it. And the only things they did, they, they just did a picture with a normal camera, send it to somebody. And, you know, they sent me back the, an email saying that everything was okay. But these things was keep growing and I could feel it. And I asked the doctor here if I could remove it and they say no. Mm -hmm. When I went in Peru, I showed to the maestra. She looked at the second. She went near this tree. She took the bark from the tree. She like kind of mixed it a bit. She put it on top of it for three days. After three days, she was using this kind of tea with some leaves. Man, I left a week after. I didn't have anything. Yeah, completely Complete, gone. Completely gone. Wow. Just with, uh, you know, barks and herbs. Mm. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. And there was uh, this friend of mine that came and basically the day before he arrived, his dog, he bited his finger. Mm -hmm. And he got infected. So his tummy was like a double of the side. But because he was running late, he didn't have the time to go to the doctor or to anything. So he kind of got infected. With, uh, they use it, how they call the um, dragon blood. Mm -hmm. Is that these things you can buy on the internet? It's like, uh, uh, the Jews, Taken from a back of a tree is completely red. He put it on it after three days. The thumb was completely healed. Completely, man. Wow. Unbelievable. And then we here in the West, you know, where we need antibiotics and this and that. Yeah. Let's just move to, let's move to the Amazon. Oh, let's yeah, move. man. I, I mean, they, they had those. In the family, those group of children from, I don't know, one years old to 13, 14. But they were, I don't know, at least 10 of them, the happiest kids I ever saw in my life. Yeah. They, did, they didn't have anything, no toy, no stuff. They were helping the family. They were doing, but super happy. Really, I wanted 
to, to to stay there, man. It was a shock to coming back in London. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So one thing that Roman said, uh, that you had said before you were going was, "I'm going for some courage." Mm-hmm. Did you get some courage? How did no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't get what you want. You get what no. you need. Uh, yes, yes. And uh, this is another proof, another lesson for me that you know. Better leave expectation at home. You, you know, I want to go there for this. You know, expectation is not good. So it it almost kind of says that you don't even have any room for an intention because an intention as going out saying, okay, I want courage to say, okay, I kind of expect that my intention will be addressed. But it's like it doesn't work like that. You're, al- you bet you're almost better off going with nothing. I think just, so. I mean, that's when, that's why I changed. In a way, I realized that during my retreat. that I was like, well, is it better to just chuck out an intention and just come up with something that says I'm here to continue? Um, and you, you, you know that, it's easier the, said the, than the, done. Yeah, the... the... The bit you use in the beginning of the intro for the podcast, yeah. uh-huh. I think that is the perfect uh, intention. In a sense, I'm coming here. I'm gonna continue the process. You know what I needed. I'm here. Yeah. Because by experience, every time I went there, you know, asking for something, uh, I received always something else. So. Yeah, and I know that if I if I go back, I'm always gonna say that. Um, as my intention, but uh, who knows what's going to happen? Um, I, are you planning to? I mean, I I always plan in my head, um, <laughs> but it's all about logistics. And so, I mean, I'm quitting. I'm quitting my job in at the end of August. And initially I was, you know, cause I've, I've not been happy in this role for a year. Okay. Um, and I've constantly been like, you know, should I have some time off, blah, blah, blah. And, and then I've, just, I've been so down about the job that I've just like gone, you know what? I am going to just stop. It's not quite right. The team is not quite right. I'm going to stop. I'm not in a good space to just jump into another role. So I'm just going to stop for a couple of months. So basically, I'm definitely having September off. We're going to go to Portugal in middle of August, middle of October for our first holiday in three years abroad. Nice. Which is going to be nice. And then when I get back, I might think about trying to sort something out, which is why. So, but I... A couple of about a month ago, or a couple of months ago, and I was in a space, and I was starting to think, it's like, am I being called? Am I being called? And then I was starting to think about whether I would potentially plan a retreat in September. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I can't, I don't have the ability to do it, and I don't even know whether I 
am ready for it. I know you're never ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but given so much shit that I put my whole family through, I even kind of broached the subject on it, and it didn't go down very well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that uh, I would have to say I'm going. But I, I do what I mean. I know when I do certain things, I know I start rocking about. I might be fine for a little bit afterwards, but then I start getting a bit unbalanced. And I know I start getting really panicky about becoming unbalanced because of what my tendencies are. Um, but I, all this time, I know that I need to stop. Well, I need to push through that. I need to somehow address this constant fear that's holding me back. So from a retreat point of view, it's just the, it's the logistics of getting there. Plus, I also realize that I know that I want to go because I want this time to be different than last time. But I know that's not going to happen. And I know that if you commit to this path, you need to commit to, or you need to understand that going again is just the next part of the process and isn't going to clean it all up. But Because I, I almost feel like the next time I go, I probably can't go again just because of the price, the cost, the logistics of going. So I almost kind of, part of me goes, what's the point in going? Because there's no guarantees about what you can get out of it. But I know that shouldn't be a, that shouldn't the be approach. a, a quit. Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah. Like uh, when I was in Peru, um, I spent a few afternoon uh, talking with my astros. And like, you know, sharing with him my concern by the fact that, you know, uh, usually it's physical and not very visual. So, you know, I'm not learning the lesson. And, and with a uh, brutal honesty, he said, listen, you come here for a week. If there is something before to do before you learning the lesson, you will not receive that before. The fact that you don't reach the place when you see what you need to see is because you need to do other things. You say, if you want to do the proper, um, let's call it the proper retreat, you say, you should come here for a month where the first three weeks you do the dieta. So you choose which plant I have to diet with and, you know, follow the dieta over there. And then for a month living there with, because he said that, the fact that we use, we always with the mobile and television and we are in a city where there is a lot of electromagnetic field and stuff. For our mind, it's difficult to, you know, be balanced enough to receive those things. So you should go there. You should stay a month. So by the time you do the, the retreat, you know, you fully prepared, you fully balance for what you, you need to do. But yeah. if you just go for a week, you know, you do what you can. Yeah. And you don't know what, yeah, it's just like, you could easily, yeah, I, yeah, I just, uh, that's one of the things that also stops me. So, where were we <laughs> with, uh, 
I think we'd. Uh, I can't even remember where we had. Yeah, yeah, we, where we, we had got to. Yeah, so the you, fifth fifth ceremony. Yeah, so you had a so you had a good experience in the fifth ceremony, and then oh yeah, and we spoke about that you didn't get any courage, uh, yeah, no. which is you didn't get the <laughs> intention, um, and then, but you felt like you had. You you got the healing, you understood the healing that you'd got during that, or at least for sure, for sure. Or either understood it or accepted that something was again lighter. I I I, I would say more than understood, uh, I felt it hmm. because um, I think I, because I'm very this empathic person, empathic. Empathic, uh, yeah. I think it is, that is the word that means that you know, if somebody around me is suffering, I suffer with them. Mm. So I absorb a lot, so a lot of negativity, and this negativity, you know, affects the way I'm thinking because I, I realize the way my work, my brain works differently when I'm, you know, just before going to do ayahuasca and afterwards. I feel it, uh, the difference. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm quite similar. Um, so since you've been back, I know that unfortunately you ended up uh, getting ill before you came home, which is a bummer. Yeah. Bummer indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but how have you, how have you transitioned back and how has that retreat carried forward since you've been home well again I, I felt the you know the cleansiness maybe a bit disappointed because again I had the expectation you know to have some kind of lesson or answer I didn't mm. came but still I felt you know I did a very tough and good job and you know I cannot wait to go again we, we, we're going to try to organize a group for next year to go in the same place because it's, for me, it's very important. Yeah, very important that the, to go again next year. To go again next year to, you know, to continue my process. Yeah. And next year, you know, I'm going there. I mean, it's already this year. I had a very strict uh, diet, you know, I, I cut all the sugar and everything for me was very, very difficult. But already the fact that you prepare so hard before is like part of the process. So it is next year, you know, um, if I can, I would love to go la at least for a month and do, you know, the full diet there and do properly. But, yeah. I mean, going back to what we were talking about, about my plans, about whether I would go again, that I do feel like there's no, I don't know if I would go for a week. Or I don't know if I would want to go for a week because it would be more that you think you've got to commit to a more intensive or a longer period. Being able to do it for a month is a big, is a big deal. Um, but even I was just thinking, you know, initially you're going, 
we need to do two weeks of ceremonies or three weeks of ceremonies or something. So and, and then you make you, real progress. Yeah, and, and then you have to consider because when, when uh, I did the first week with you guys, I mean, I, I flew straight away back home. Yeah, me too. And it, and it was a shockingly hard. Mm. I mean, so I struggled in the, the, the first few days to reassess to London for me was tough. Then the the second week and last time in uh, in Peru, we decided to stay five six days afterwards in the you know still in the jungle, so you got time to reassess, and then you fly back. I think it's very very important mm-hmm. because it's a shocker to pass from you know doing ayahuasca one night to fly to London the the evening after. It's too much. Yeah. I'm definitely glad that I was never living in London when I was coming back. I live in a much more uh, sparsely populated area. Um, So, but, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for, yeah, bringing yourself and your story to my project. It's meant so much to me that that you that you were willing to do it like you said you wouldn't normally do this kind of thing um and it's been great it's been a great conversation and i feel like we've covered so much and you've uh it's really interesting to to delve way into a lot of the details that we've never actually managed to speak about before there's a couple of things that you kind of had told me in kind of passing before but we'd never spoken about it to such a to such a degree mm. so i'm really really pleased for that th- that you've brought this and that we managed to have this conversation i'm really chuffed as well that it's probably the first one that i've done where it really is so focused on physical on on the physical <laughs> sensations um and it just, I mean, it just shows us everybody's is so different. Oh, yeah. Um, and the fact that it's so focused on the physical um, is is really, really interesting. So thank you so much for for bringing that and, and talking about it as freely as you have. So hey, happy to be part of your beautiful project. Keep going. I love it. And, yeah, you know, I'm a fan number one. So yeah. keep going. <laughs> I'm so pleased. Uh, peace, and uh, <laughs> I'll let you uh, get on with your evening uh, and, and rest and rest of the week. So, thanks. I've loved I've loved catching up with you again, and I'll I'll definitely see you soon. Man, see you soon. Take care. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Ciao, Gordon. Thanks for making it through to the end. I really hope you enjoyed the content and managed to get something out of it. Remember, if you liked it. I'd love it if you clicked follow to be notified of future episodes. And also, it would be gratefully appreciated if you would share it with anyone you think might be interested. Hope to see you again.